This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's. Also brought to you by Grand Rapids Comic Con, November 9th through the 11th, 2018 at the DeVos Place. Tickets on sale now at grcomiccon.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages. It's another episode of the Court of Nerds, brought to you by your good friends at Tardy's Collector's I can't fix it in post. I'm not allowed to fix it. Tart- brought to you by your good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner, Grand Rapids Comic Con, and Tom and Chi in Granville. I'm Drew. I'm Ben. And we are your Court of Nerds. It is a big week if you are a nerd, or at least... Traditionally, it has been, and I I do need to touch on that at some point in this podcast, but it is San Diego Comic-Con week, which in the past has meant the biggest announcements, the most wow moments, and a whole lot of great trailers and previews of what we can expect in the upcoming year. We usually get the first look at some of the winter and Thanksgiving blockbusters. We might get a trailer or two that we didn't expect, and we often get a few announcements that no one saw coming. Or at least we used to when everyone used to show up for the event. No Marvel, no Disney this year. It leaves San Diego Comic-Con with a power vacuum. Yeah, absolutely. There's no Game of Thrones there either this year, too. No, no HBO. No HBO. I mean, listen, this is an opportunity for two companies to step up, and we're going to talk about both of them on this podcast. To me, it's DC and it's Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Listen... To me, all the stuff Sony is doing that you're really going to care about is attached to Marvel anyways, and it's not Spider-Man. So how much do you actually care? Not that much. No, straight up and down. I'm not trying to be a dick. No. But Sony does have my attention for one reason before we get into the, uh, I guess, main stars of this podcast. <laughs> Sony has my attention by way of James Gunn. Now, those of you familiar with James Gunn know that I'm talking about the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. He sent out a cryptic tweet saying that he will be a part of Sony's Hall H event at 6.15 on Friday. What does it mean? He attached a very gothic-looking image, which is not out of character, by the way, for those thinking, you know, oh, James Gunn, he's got talking raccoons and shit. Yeah. James Gunn was a master of the horror genre before Marvel ever scooped him up. And it was that, I guess, kind of eye for the gross that led him into the cosmic Marvel properties. But now, it looks as if James Gunn will be leaping into bed with Marvel's newest collaborator, Sony. So, Ben, I gotta ask you, you and I have scoured the internet, this image, no one can really (laughs) tell us exactly what it is. So let's assume that this is either video game or Spider-Man related, right? Yes. Now, some people think he's doing a live-action movie of the video game Bloodborne, Possible. Yeah, we, what was the other one? The the symbol for sacrifice from Berserk or and, something? And anime, yeah. But I, again, live action adaptations of anime have been traditionally not awesome. It doesn't seem like a James Gunn Friday night SDCC announcement. No, 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 to no. that level. Now, Bloodborne seems like a potential one. Yeah, that does seem real to me. But I think that's the only real video game that anyone even believes it could be. Yeah. I think it's far more likely that Gunn will be helming something in the Spider-Verse. Something in the Spider-Man realm. Now, again, if it is Bloodborne, super cool, crazy concept, and it would be a lot of fun to see James Gunn's take on that world. Uh, And some people think it could just be another one of his horror films that he's doing. 
But I don't think you just announced another James Gunn horror film in Hall H at Comic-Con. No, no. I, I, I wonder if it's the Silk movie. So, uh, fill people in. There has been rumors. Sony hasn't commented on Silk. Uh, but for those that are unfamiliar with Silk, can you give a little background for folk? Yeah, of course. Silk, Cindy Moon, um, she was introduced by Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos uh, back in The Amazing Spider-Man number 4, July 2014. Yes, that is off the top of my head. Uh, just, uh, for those that missed episode 150, Ben did join us as a Spider-Man expert, which is why I am deferring to him here. Yeah, so uh, she Silk first appeared as a faceless character and... It was a part of a tie-in to that original Sin storyline. She was kind of Spider-Man's peg into original Sim, and uh, I don't know. It was a character, I believe, that was like locked up from the world and stuff like that, and finally she escapes, and of course she comes after Spider-Man and stuff like that. Like She's friends with Peter Parker, she's friends with Jessica Drew, Felicia Hardy, I believe, and I believe they even did a little stuff with Miles Morales. I believe they did. Yeah, so that would be fun. That would be super fun. It's a, That would be... I mean, that's kind of cool to see James Gunn connected to a character that was created less than five years ago. Now, here's the other thing to remember with Silk is that Cindy Moon has already been introduced into the Marvel Universe. She already exists. Now, you may not know this, but she was played by Tiffany Espenson in Spider-Man Homecoming. She is the female member of the debate team who is not one of our other main characters. This would make a ton of sense from Marvel's perspective. Mm-hmm. A ton of sense. You snuck this one in on us. And if anyone loves sneaking something in there, it's James Gunn. Apparently, there's still an Easter egg buried in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 that people haven't figured out yet. <laughs> it's just crazy. Because this guy's bonkers. He is. He's absolutely batshit. <laughs> but given what he's done in the past, I, I feel like I feel like Gunn isn't the guy that you're going to put on Silk. <gasps> The only part that makes me feel like maybe it's Silk is because it is kind of a... It was a creepier story to the spider biting you. The origin is creepy. She's locked up for eight years from the world. Yeah, that seems A tortured young girl. That seems kind of James Gunnish. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Right. I was agreeing with you, agreeing with you, and then I thought about like the first image that I saw in that Amazing Spider-Man book. Yeah, back in 2014. Now I'm looking at it. It was 2014. But yeah, it was like a creepy storyline. She was locked away from the world. She was locked inside of a facility by, uh, uh, I believe the character was Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel. So she's got newfound abilities. She's like stronger than Spider-Man and she's got this like raw power. So I don't know. It's a, you can make that creepy. Okay. So that could work. Uh, we initially both thought maybe Morbius, yeah. the living vampire, but that already has a director attached, yeah. uh, as, lo- as well as a script that's already being worked on. Mm-hmm. James and Gunn leading a Jared Leto movie. I would love that, I though. Know. Oh, I, I would know. love that. He would get such a good performance out of him. Um, I, the, I, if I'm going to dreamcast this here, if I'm going to fantasy do this for a second, I would love it if it comes out that these these scratchings, these weird images that Gunn posted... That he's doing a Rhino solo film. That he's going to be setting up James Gunn overseeing, wait for it, James Gunn overseeing the formation of the Sinister Six. Yeah. Hey, I'm all in on that. James Gunn could handle that group of creep shows, mm-hmm. present them very well, mm-hmm. and make you terrified of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Because these are the baddest dudes in the Spider Verse. Yeah. These need to be oh, the yeah. baddest guys alive. Yeah. Do we want that, though, without Spider Man? 
Is is this is the question that nobody can answer? I've scoured. Is this connected to the MCU in any way, or are they just allowing them to make these standalone stories? I think they're connected. You think they, they're connected? I think they have to be connected. They have to be. Why else, if you're Sony, why wouldn't you want your slice of that pie? Why wouldn't you want to get a little bit of shine off that apple, right? Venom is not connected. Venom is not. Venom is not connected. Not as of right now. Not as, as of right now, Venom right. is not connected to the MCU. Not as of right now. Not as of this moment right. at 8.21 p.m. on July 18th. Right. Everything could change very, exactly. very quickly. It's Sony and Marvel. Think right. about the relationship 10 years ago. Now, again, there is still the chance that this is just him making a Bloodborne movie. The image he tweeted does look like one of the runes from Bloodborne. And you saw this year's Tomb Raider reboot was actually an okay success. It, it didn't make gangbusters. The reviews of it were horrible. But it made nearly $300 million worldwide. Yeah. yeah. I was rooting for that movie because I really liked the lead, Alicia Vikander. I don't know how to say her last name. But no, I, I think that's right. Yeah, we're close I, enough I for loved this podcast. Her in the most re- yeah, right. <laughs> and for me. Yeah, I loved her in the most recent Bourne movie. So I was rooting for that movie. I was disappointed to see it. But it made like $280 million. Yeah, it made money. It made money. And that's what Hollywood cares about if it makes money. I will be interested. This is one of the few things that I might try and stream live somewhere, this Mm. Hall H announcement. I'm a big fan of James Gunn. I think it's been documented well enough on this podcast and throughout the rest of my far too often recorded life. I am not a horror guy. I don't like horror, but I liked his Dawn of the Dead. I thought his Dawn of the Dead was really well done. I can get down on good movies that are also kind of scary. Right, it, but it's, oh, it's got to be good. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be good. I like horror movies if it's not all about the gore and stuff. Right, and Bloodborne, I think, would fit very much so into what James Gunn likes to yeah, do. That's cool. Horrible beasties and monsters. Uh, it was one of those games that, uh, Ben, you'll, you'll, you know, it was labeled Nintendo hard mm-hmm. in, the, in line with Dark Souls. Yep. So uh, it's very much so that type of movie. Interesting. And Bloodborne was a Sony property, so it would make a lot of sense if James Gunn is making a Bloodborne film. They're making a... Wait. Sony's making a movie of the Uncharted video game? That's already in development. Oh, yeah. The video game that a movie was being made in is having a movie made about it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just, uh, So meta, bro. I'm rooting for Silk just because I think it'd be cool to see a female Asian American hero. Yeah, it's true. That'd be great. Um... I'd but, like to see James Gunn get to work with a strong female lead. Yeah. That'd be I, pretty cool. I just love that there are so many interpretations of this random tweet. It's so good. The internet is so great. <laughs> it looks like Game of Thrones to me, the writing on it. Yeah, it <laughs> does a little like, bit, yeah. <laughs> He's not making a Game of Thrones movie, you guys. Let's just get that out of the way. Yet. Um, so we talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast about uh, two companies that can really step up at San Diego Comic-Con with Marvel and Disney not attending this year. Mm-hmm. Again, allegedly. They could both show up and blow our pants off with some kind of Star Wars trailer yeah. or the announcement that Ewan McGregor is going to finally give John that long-awaited Obi-Wan handjob movie. Give me that. I know. you both Give me that it. trilogy. Listen, you guys can Dutch rudder each other. I want three handjobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like... Yeah, this is not a podcast for all ages. You got to be at least a Utah 16. Ages. You got to be Utah 16. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but one of the companies that can really step up because it is still tied to Marvel <laughs> and can get some shine off that Apple. Yeah. Netflix. Absolutely. Now, Netflix is going to show people their first look at the new Matt Groening. Groening? How the fuck do you say his name? Groening. Groening, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Simpsons guy. They're going to show you his new cartoon. I am actually quite worried it's going to suck. I'm oh, actually yeah. fairly confident it's going to suck. I know, just, uh, and I had complete confidence in him until this, like, up the uh, controversies of the last uh, couple of months with Apu and stuff like that, because his response was very outdated. 
So I just hope that this new cartoon is not the same way. Do you got a grip on the current landscape of the world, man, or not? Because The Simpsons is still funny. I still turn in and watch it when it's on. Yeah. So keep. But it's not appointment viewing anymore. No, it hasn't been appointment viewing for more than a decade. Ugh. But yeah, like like you're saying, it's Marvel, it's Disney, it's Netflix. They're I feel like they're gonna do something, right? Well, here's the thing, and and I think a lot of people are are speculating, and it's been kind of uh, hinted at that we're going to get a release date and a trailer for season two of Iron Fist, <laughs> which I don't think is what anyone was expecting or wanting. I think a lot of people, because they were shot simultaneously, yeah. wanted Daredevil season three. Yeah. Now, maybe it makes sense story-wise why Iron Fist season two has to come first. Or maybe you're just trying to round them all out. I, I don't really know. I don't but either. Iron Fist season one, uh, guys, I hate saying it, it's one of my favorite characters. I was wearing an Iron Fist hat earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fart. It was an underwater fart. You told me not to waste my time with it. I did because it was just—it was so. Oh, I wanted so badly to love it, and, and and the first time I watched it through, I was like, "No, this isn't that bad." What are people talking about? And then I watched it a second time, and I was like, "Oh God, this is bad." That's what people were talking That's about. It's like me in Arrested Development season four before the remix. You're like, oh. "Oh no, I just wanted to love you." So. <laughs> With Iron Fist Season 2, yeah. there's a lot of things they can do to fix the series. Now, the first thing I think that we will see that I will be very excited about that was hinted at in Luke Cage Season 2 and that we saw at the end of the Defenders miniseries when we believe that Daredevil is dead. Yeah. Now, I think why Iron Fist Season 2 has to come first is because we'll be operating under the assumption that Daredevil's dead. That Matt Murdock is dead. That Daredevil is dead. And this could be much like in the comics, every, one of everyone, I guess, I don't want to say everyone's favorite, but one of the biggest introductions to Iron Fist for the mainstream audience was when Danny Rand took over as a group of heroes that were filling in for Matt Murdock. Yeah. Now, in the, in the uh, original storyline, Matt Murdock is in jail. Mm-hmm. It's Devil in Cell Block D. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Danny Rand, Iron Fist, is one of the heroes who takes over the mantle of Daredevil. Because, again, as you've seen in the Daredevil series, he is kung fu trained. He has the same classical training that Danny Rand does. Yeah, very similar fighters. Yeah. The other image that's been released, though, is a neon image of the Steel Serpent logo. Now, for those unfamiliar, the Steel Serpent is essentially the Joker to Iron Fist's Batman. Mm-hmm. They are they are brothers. They are rivals, and I swear, I will be so happy, Ben, if we get a trip to the cities of heaven. Oh God, yeah! If we get a trip to the cities of heaven, if we get the tournament, yeah. Oh, the tournament the tur- of the weapons. You give me the tournament of the weapons, and I'll watch the first goddamn season just to get a feel for it. Maybe, maybe don't. Maybe don't. Okay. Um, oh, it's that bad. The whole cast, most of the cast is returning, which to some is a good thing, to others is a bad thing. I'm really hoping that Finn Jones grows into this character, right? Mm-hmm. Or that maybe they give him some kind of greater character to work with. But I, I really, I'm really hoping that the reason we get Iron Fist season two first is because we're going to see Danny Rand operating in Hell's Kitchen, and maybe even operating, dare I say. Heroes for Hire? Yeah, it would be fantastic. Oh, that'd be, be so good. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, that's... 
I they need to do those. I, I want to see the I want to see that tournament so bad because I I the think immortal, they the tournament of the immortal weapons. Yeah, the tournament of the immortal weapons. Oh my god, if they made that like a three episode arc in season two, yeah, they'd have people like us hooked. Oh, listen, if I have not expressed it uh, strongly enough to all of you listening to this, if I if I tell you to read one, uh, I'm sorry, if I tell you to read two Iron Fist stories. You need to read Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker's run with David Aha on the art. 100%. And then you also need to read Kari Andrews' run. Oh, yeah. Kari Kari Andrews' run on on Iron Fist has been incredible. He understands the character so well and and is just, uh, again, the artwork. If you guys have not read anything Kari Andrews, please pick up something that he at least has done art on, if not written himself. The man is a dynamo. He, He really is. He's like a violent Scotty Young yeah scotty's pretty violent though because yeah scotty's pretty violent. <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking of pretty violent i think things can get pretty violent at san diego comic-con by the way reminder we will catch up with our friends gavin and d from tardy's collector's corner when they return from san diego comic-con they might take a few days to uh recover yeah absolutely but we will catch up with them as soon as they are feeling up to it uh we hope they're having a great time out there if they are for some god-awful reason listening to this Get out of here. Sell this. Get out of here. Go to Comic-Con stuff. Go walk around the convention center. Go buy something else that I'll buy from you for more money. Oh, here's something. Here, we're talking about DC trying to make an impact. The uh, Young Justice, they revealed artwork for Darkseid. Oh. I'm looking at a Young Justice 3 logo with Darkseid. Ah, boners. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, DC, uh, y'all are going to have me on your subscription service. I'll say that right now. Yeah. I will say that right now. DC, y'all got me. Y'all got me, Young <laughs> yeah. Justice Season 3. Y'all got me. I know. I need to find Season 2 somewhere, man. Buy it on Amazon using the Court of Nerds Amazon link, which you can find on our website, thecourtofnerds.com. Click, 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 click. So many people are going to be click, 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 clicking on the trailers that are rumored to be dropping from DC and Warner Brothers this week. Now, there are three big ones. Now, there may be other ones that drop that I'm not prepared for. Blah, 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 blibbity, blip, blah, bloop. The three big ones. Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Shazam! And Aquamang. Finding Nemo 2? Do you want to talk about that for a second? How you think the poster looks like Finding Nemo? It looks like Finding Nemo. <laughs> you look at I'm looking at these posters side by side. You replace the goofy ass shark with freaking Aquaman. Aquaman. Same poster, minus a turtle. Smiling. Minus a, a turtle. <laughs> it's the same goddamn poster. You can tell. So you're saying if if DC was trying to avoid people making fun of it, they failed. Yeah, the, the the poster was a bad first step for Aquaman. God, I mean, seriously, though, it looks like I'm looking at him side by side. It's Finding Nemo, but that's exciting. Maybe oh, they did it on yeah. purpose. Maybe they did it on purpose. Um, which leads me to the question I wanted to ask, no. and, and we're going to we're gonna wrap up on this one. We do have a lot going on this week at thecourtofnerds.com. Uh, got a review of Injustice versus Masters of the Universe number one up, if you want to go check that out. And we're also going to have an interview with Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni coming up. So be sure you're checking thecourtofnerds.com for that and uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review, please. It, yeah. it really helps us. It helps more people find us. And maybe someday we'll make some money off this damn thing. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Ben, here's going to be our final question today. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Which movie is most important for DC? Because we're going to get a trailer for each one this week. And, and I'm fairly confident that we're going to get a trailer for each one. Because you've got Wonder Woman 2, Wonder Woman 1984, 
The first one was already a massive success, allegedly saved the Justice League. Yep. You've got Aquaman, which is the first DC film that we know Jeff Johns has had his hands on the entire time it's been being made. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Shazam, which is your first non-Justice League character that you're trying to establish with a solo film first. Yeah, thank God. So, and again, it's Zach Levi. Mm-hmm. It is a, I think it is, would you call Shazam a, a, a B or C list character for DC? He's not an A lister. No, he's a B. He's, he's a, a B, B, not a C. Guys like us definitely know Shazam, but like John probably doesn't know much about Shazam. Not to pick on John. No, 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 no. But he he admits I'm his deep nerdery is Star Wars. Yeah, the comic book readers. Right. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, B. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, which which movie, Ben, do you think is going to be the most crucial to be successful for DC? Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I actually have that last on my list. Do you? Because to me, this is your chance to show that it wasn't a fluke, that it just wasn't uh, the director and it wasn't the... It wasn't just popular because of female empowerment. Yeah, exactly. This is your chance to say, no, Patty Jenkins and Gail Godot can make some damn fine movies. So this is an interesting take. They're in the future. They're, out, they're away from that origin story. That first step away from your origin story territory is scary. It's risky. They cannot drop the ball with Wonder Woman or people are going to be like, oh, see, that one was just an outlier. DC's going to DC. This is your chance to be like, no, we got this character. This, this is, is our peg. This is going to be your, like... Your Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, this is, yeah, exactly. Like, you need to come back stronger than the first time, I think. See, and I think that they have a bit of a fallback to go, well, the first one was so good, you know? Mm. People will go, the first one was so great. How It's going to be hard to measure up, right? Yeah, absolutely it is. I think the biggest one that needs to succeed for them, and, and as much as, listen, I actually think Shazam is going to be a success, mm-hmm. because if you don't know the story of Billy Batson, and if you're not familiar with Zach Levi as an actor, yeah. th- this is, to me, the best casting that DC has done so far. Oh, he's... Besides Godot. Godot is oh, far yeah. and away greatest casting they've done, but I think Zach Levi is Shazam. I think if you've ever thought of a human being, an adult human being, as childlike... Zach Levi is so full of wonder. And mm-hmm. so I think he's going to kill Shazam. I do too. But I think the one that needs to be the most successful is Aquaman. Okay. A- and here's my logic behind it. Not only is he a cornerstone character for your Justice League, he is also one of your most mocked characters. Oh, yeah. He is one of the most, like, flat out humiliated on the internet, made fun of, poked fun at. You know, who needs Aquaman? Who needs to talk to fish? What a weak-ass power. What a lame-ass. But more than just that, this was Jeff Johns' passion. Oh, yeah. Jeff Johns pushed this. He wanted to make this movie. And, And they've put the future of this brand, the future of this current fragile film universe, into the hands of a man from Michigan. Yep. And it's not because we share a home state that I feel it has to succeed, but I think for the future of DC film, the guy that you're trusting to steer the ship, you have to know he knows how to pilot, that he knows how to give people besides deep nerds like you and me Mm -hmm. what they want. Because again, Jeff Johns was the architect behind the lantern spectrum. Yep. He's the architect behind the resurrection of Aquaman. Jeff Johns is a man who, as a comic book reader, 
has been able to do no wrong for, God, seems like 15 years. Oh, Jeff Johns is uh, largely responsible for DC being 19 head and shoulders above Marvel in the book department for the I last mean, five you years. Loved, you loved his rebirth. Oh my God, yeah. His rebirth of Flash, his rebirth. Oh, they were all fantastic. They were all like comic holy grails it felt like it felt like you were reading something special it felt like you were reading the resurrection of a character and i get what you're saying about aquaman i have like negative feelings attached to this movie i feel like it's gonna take itself too seriously and that's not aquaman to me fair and i'm not trying to put a no 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 but i i feel like there is there is an aquaman who is kind of this like goofy easygoing aquaman but then there's jeff john's aquaman yeah who is this hard drinking depressed where do I belong? Man of two worlds. Doesn't actually belong in either one. And I'm a little worried that the portrayal of him as an easygoing dude in the Justice League mm-hmm. is what's going to hurt the setup for this film. Yeah, you know, he was in the Justice League. He came off as this drunk who didn't really care. I don't know. I, I'm trying because I, I want it to succeed because I love the character and I love Jeff Johns and his work and I want him to succeed. And if DC succeeds, it's only going to push Marvel to push harder. Competition is great for the industry. Competition breeds success. Yes, exactly. I think Shazam is going to be a success. I think Aquaman has a great chance with Jeff Johns on from the beginning with a cast like that. That cast is awesome. But I'm sticking with Wonder Woman 1984 because I think they can make a legitimate buttload of money and rake in great reviews across the board here if you prove to people that you're not just a one-hit wonder that is so that buys you more time to get to things like flashpoint to get to things like birds of prey the joker story if you got to go there suicide squad 2 if you got to go there the batman batgirl green lantern corpse all these ideas that we've been hearing for years i feel rest solely on the shoulders of wonder woman 1984 Well, we'll have to end up waiting and seeing, and we'll be looking for those trailers this week. Again, it is San Diego Comic-Con week. Make sure that you have liked Tardy's Collector's Corner on Facebook. Gavin and Dee have been doing a bunch of Facebook Live videos, and uh, they're doing some fun updates because as retailers, as vendors, they get access that you do not get. They're going to events that you cannot go to. So it'll be very, very cool to follow along with their adventures, and of course, we'll catch up with them on this podcast when they return. Yeah. Don't forget, we'll be catching up with Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni. Uh, be sure to check that interview out uh, if you're into wrestling or you just are into people talking or if you even like us. It'd be really nice. Ian's going to be a fun conversation. And uh, Ian, much like us, is going to be at StarCast and All In in Chicago. That's StarCast2Rs.com. We're pumped. We're getting close. And uh, the Ian interview is going to be fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy it, even if you're on the spectrum with wrestling. There we go. So check that out. Don't forget to also check out Grand Rapids Comic Con, grcomiccon.com. They're making more announcements every single day. They're never done. I'm pretty sure Mark Hodges and his second in command, Miss Brittany, do not sleep. And if they do, they sleep well putting out updates. They just announced another cool event for Saturday night, so be sure you go and check that one out. Oh, and if you're feeling cheesy, go check out Tom and Chi in Granville, even if you are vegan or if you are, I don't know, say you lactose tolerance. I can't eat it, but you, you can. can. And nope. I can eat it. But there is Chiaia. It's a cheese <laughs> substitute. I've heard it is delicious for those that cannot tolerate the lactose or are gluten-free. So be sure you go and check out all the options at Tom and Chi in Granville. That being said, I'm Drew. And I'm Ben. And we are your Court of Nerds.